Hey everyone, Scott here. Thanks for downloading the Cash Chasers podcast. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to set the stage for you because the show is going to sound a little different than you're used to. So to kick off a weekend of festivities, this past Thursday, the town of Havard de Grace, Maryland, invited the Cash Chasers down to hold a large whiskey tasting in their newly renovated theater. So we took our show on the road and recorded the podcast from the theater stage that night in front of a live audience. We wanted to share that show in its entirety, hoping to give you a feel for the amazing atmosphere and the amount of fun that we had that night. So cheers to everyone who joined us at the live recording, and cheers to you for joining us right now. Enjoy the show. This week, the Cash Chasers podcast is coming to you live from the State Theater in Havid de Grace, Maryland. We're officially kicking off a weekend of festivities here in town and around the world as we all come together to celebrate the Scottish poet, Robert Burns. Over great food, great friendships, and most importantly, great whiskey, Burns Supper is a celebration steeped in Scottish tradition. We'll take a look at who Robert Burns was and how his influence is still felt to this day. Plus, we take our audience here for a trip around Scotland for a live whiskey tasting from each of the five regions. We've got our glasses lined up and ready to go. Only question is, are you ready? Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cash Chasers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Cash Chasers Podcast. We're so glad to have you guys here with us, and we're so glad to be doing our very first live podcast from the State Theater here in Havard de Grace, Maryland. Theater looks amazing. How Thank you to all the crews. Oh, great. Okay. Well, fellas, uh, first off, let me introduce the, uh, the co-hosts here. We have uh, Mr. Bobby Bird. And Mr. Aaron Pross. I'm going to actually say hello. I just wait. And I'm Scott Norris, and we are so excited to get this kicked off. So, where do we start, fellas? I mean, uh, this is a big weekend. We got Burns, uh, Burns Night coming up. Never heard of it. What? Never heard of Burns <laughs> Weekend? I think, we have, I think we have a lot of people in the crowd that could educate you I'm very happy quickly. everybody's here. I think they want to drink whiskey. Is that what everybody wants to do? Oh. oh, they came for whiskey. <laughs> of course. Of that course. we can do. We yeah. have some good ones. We well, have some good ones. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a trip around Scotland, right? We're going to take a look at all five regions of Scotland. We're going to look at the, uh, the, the, the profiles of what comes out of each region, what type of whiskey you can expect, what type of um, what work goes into it, because everybody has a little bit different, uh, different way of doing things, right? A different take, yeah. A different take. And then most importantly, we're going to taste the whiskey from that region. So I'm down. Before <laughs> we go, um, most of you look like you'll finish your whiskeys, which I appreciate. But if you're the type that don't want to finish your whiskey, the doors. No. And your little, uh, you see a little, uh, what we call a swill bucket that the lovely Dana is showing. You can go ahead and pour it out in there. And at the end of the show, we're going to, we'll drink it. I'm going to be honest with you. We're not, we don't believe in waste. Bobby will drink it. Nothing. I'll drink it. He has a crazy drink. straw. He will drink it. I'll consider it a tip. All right. So we'll start with regions. Yeah. Let's so it. let's just, uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Cause we know we want to get to it. Um, let's talk Scotland. All right, so um, 
There are five regions um, that uh, are dedicated specifically to uh, Scotch whiskey. Um, basically, they're an very, very old uh, way of uh, breaking up the breaking up Scotland per taxes and that sort of thing. Um, if anybody's watched um, Outlander, that's the, that's the regions that they use. So they're they're all in the Highlands. Um, so there's five different official uh, regions for Scotch, and you're going to find that people in Scotland actually really cling to those regions still, even though they have different localities and that sort of thing. Legally nowadays, it's all broken up differently, but you'll see people really leaning into these regions in Scotland. So the first, uh, the first uh, one we're going to taste is the Highlands. Biggest region. Um, you're going to get kind of all the flavors that are available in the different whiskeys in Scotland from the Highlands, depending on which um, <clears throat> which uh, distillery you're going to, what area you're in. The Highlands kind of spread from the sweet areas to the salty areas and up into some of the islands a little bit, which uh, we're going to talk about have uh, some really interesting flavors. After that, our second one is going to be... What's our second one? Um, the second one that we're going to talk about is going to be Speyside. Speyside it's in Scotland. It, which it's is in Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> right, it's in Scotland. Hint. Oh, and we've got pictures of it. Um, so our second area is going to be Speyside. Speyside is the most distillery-laden area of Scotland. You're going to find the biggest concentration of distilleries there. And I believe right now it has the most distilleries out yeah, of all of Scotland. Right. Oh With God, being yeah. a very small area, um, it's pretty impressive. Um, all those places are around the River Spey. You're going to find similar similar flavors among all of those as opposed to in the Highlands. Some places you're going to find different flavors. After that, we're going to jump over to um, the Lowlands. So the Lowlands are lower than the Highlands, okay? Um, and what was the test, everyone? <laughs> that's right, so you that's might right. Wanna... Um, <clears throat> Lowlands are going to be a little more mellow flavors. You're going to get some floral, you're going to get some fruity, um, and all that sort of thing. Next, we're going to be jumping to Campbelltown. Campbelltown has not a lot of distilleries that are functioning right now, um, but the one we're going to be tasting was actually one of my favorites uh, that I had over this summer. It was kind of my go-to summer scotch. And then we're going to finish on Isla, which Isla obviously spelled I-S-L-A-Y. Uh. Isla. <laughs> And Isla, you're going to find some really interesting sort of smoky flavors, peaty, um, peated flavors is what you're going to find over there. Um, and that's basically their smoking peat. You guys have heard of peat, peat moss, that sort of thing. That's essentially what they're smoking there to get the, not like smoking, but like Easy. setting on fire Easy. over there. <laughs> so that's sort of an overview of kind of the regions. And Bobby's going to talk about how to properly taste. So I'm not going to tell you how to drink your whiskey. You all seem like you already know how to drink whiskey. What you want to do is take the glass, toss it back, and then that's that. That's really. it. <laughs> and if you have a bottle. So I'm going, to, I'm going to walk through before we go into the whiskey itself. I know you're anticipating drinking, and that's awesome. That's what you came for. But I'm going to talk a little bit about how to taste, a way for you to kind of get a little more out of it. If you already know what you're doing, ignore me. I like to ramble, so we'll do that. <laughs> so we're going to actually start with a very classic Highland whiskey, uh, Glenmorangie, or Glenmorangie, depending on uh, Glenmorangie. We're, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna hold on. argue Are, about wait, the wait, 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 wait. Ah, here we go. Does anybody, does anybody out there listen to the podcast already? You should be. One, yeah. per, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. there's okay. a few. All right. 
Hashtag Glenmo is catching on. <laughs> because none of us, we're Americans, so we can't say Glenmo that. is catching on. If you've listened to episode one of the Cash Chasers podcast, you would know what we're talking about. But I'm we're sure after abuse, tonight, the rest of you will listen. We're going to abuse these names, I promise yeah. you. Yeah. In all good fun. So if any, any real Scots out there, I'm talking Scottish. Yeah. Where are Scots at? Raise their hand. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Okay. All right. You, you can oh. correct us. Some some enthusiastic guy. Okay. Well, we're gonna ruin it for you. So sorry about that. So this is a great Highland whiskey. So it's uh it's maybe one of the most popular. It's actually one of the most popular in Scotland. Um, not the farthest north. If you look at the map, we don't have the map up anymore. Uh, the Highlands go all the way up to the Orkney to my favorite, my favorite distillery, which is I don't know if you can see up there in the uh, very tip top there is Highland Park glorious whiskey. This one's a little farther south, closer to Speyside. It's actually very similar to a Spey whiskey. So as we talk about what that means and what those flavors you'll, you should expect, you'll, you'll kind of understand. The thing I want you to know is back in the day, you expected different flavors from different areas of Scotland, right? Um, Isla, because they, did, they don't have a lot of trees there. So what were they, uh, you know, drying out their malt with? They were using peat to dry it out. So you get that smoky peat flavor. Now, as you know, we come into the newer ages of, of technology. All whiskeys in all areas are kind of doing everything. I mean, there's peated whiskeys in Speyside. There are sweet whiskeys in Isla. So you're going to get different flavors in different places. So really, the, the map is more political than it is anything else. That I'm not going to get into. What I am going to get into is what you came for, is the tasting. 80% of what you taste is what you smell. So that's why we always put on the nose first. So there's two ways to do this. A, you can dive right in and burn yourself, okay? It's aggressive. Or <laughs> there you, you go. start from about a finger's distance, just like that. And what you're looking for, mouth open helps too. What you're looking for is notes. You're want, you want to pick up something familiar to you. I smell a microphone. A little microphone in there, yeah. A little, yeah. little tablecloth. So little beard. Mustache. It's a simple scotch. It's a it's a ten year old scotch, so it's um it's it's pretty young. So we're not going to get a lot of the barrel, the cask in this, which would be the aged oak, also used oak, right? All scotch has to be made in used oak, used charred oak barrels. Generally, they come from bourbon barrels, and they can be finished in a secondary. So this is going to be a used, but it's also young. You're not going to taste the oak as much. What you are going to get is the grain profile. So I get a lot of the sweet vanillins, which is mildly from the barrel. A lot of it's from good oak. A lot of it's from the water, good water in that area, right? Caramel. Kind of a sweet honey. So once I find a flavor I like on the nose, then I follow it through with the taste. Now when I'm tasting, I'm going to coat the entire portion of my mouth with the whiskey. What I want to do is I want the whiskey to land on every part of my tongue so I can grab every note that I'm thinking about because honey is on my mind right now. So that's the flavor I'm going to go for. I'm going to look for those specific notes in that, in that, in that ABV. So there's ethanol in there, right? Push those out of the way. And then I'm going to try to dive into the taste that I want to taste. Does that make sense? So here we go. Let's sip it up. Who's ready? So I like to say when I'm when I'm opening a whiskey up in my mouth, I it's almost like I'm separating sunflower seeds, I'm trying to break it open a little bit, moving it to the back of my cheeks, moving it to the back of my throat, pushing it to the front. Sometimes I'll swish a little bit in my mouth, and then I slowly start to breathe out and taste it. And as soon as I catch that honey or that vanilla or whatever flavor I'm looking for, I grab it. And then we're going to look for the last part of the tasting because it's not over once we swallow it, right? The finish. 
A good whiskey should have a good finish. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short. It's a young whiskey, so to me, it's a short, it's a short, uh, it's a short finish, but um, it's a nice finish. So I get vanilla. Absolutely, sure. Yeah. What's cool about this and the name Glenmorangie, which actually has a Gaelic, I don't remember what it's called, but anyway, it doesn't mean orange. Glenmorangie. Doesn't mean orange, but I taste the orange, citrus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's on the that's finish too. That's what an too. orange is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. That's not what it means. That's no. not what's in the name. No. Yeah, it's no. in the name. It, it is in the name. But yeah. let let the taste is is. Um, we always call this a good starter whiskey. Right? Absolutely. If somebody's yeah. new to whiskey, this who's is, new to whiskey? Raise their hand. No one raised their hand. For everyone up. listening, so no. We're, we're preaching <laughs> this choir. Wow, that's not true. No. We're preaching the choir. There's another right meeting now. we're gonna have after this. So you guys. Uh, <laughs> Get it together. But that's good. That's good. This is a, this is one I'll grab for some you know somebody that's drinking maybe wine, beer. They don't touch whiskey, and they're like, I want to get into whiskey. I don't slap a uh, high ABV or a strong bourbon in their face. I tend to go to something like this because it's very mellow, nice, clean, and fresh, and, and it's easy to. And I think into. the other the other important thing to remember is you know we we do get asked quite frequently where do I start, and that's kind of the beauty of the cash chasers. Why we start the cash chasers was to. Uh, we we want to talk to you out there who are the experts who do, who do love this hobby as well, uh, but we want to bring in new people to this, right? And we frequently get asked where to start, and the the reason that this is such a good place to start is the flavors are apparent. I feel like you can very easily oh, pick yeah. out the 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 most notable flavors uh, visually. We talked about this on episode one. Visually, it's a light, it's a it's a very light color, right? But don't let that fool you because I feel like the misconception is a very light color. Col- You're going to color. Get... Color is important, but remember, it's a used barrel, so it's Correct. not pulling a lot of color. You're right. not going to get that bourbon golden brown that you would. Scotch, they can use dye. They use that for marketing reasons. So you'll get dye in your whiskey sometimes. It doesn't affect the flavor, in my opinion. Some people would argue. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. would argue with you. That's where we uh, expect the pitchforks and everything to start coming That's out. Right. <laughs> They're banging yeah. the door But down. it's a marketing yeah. thing. They want their whiskey to look the same. And when you're using used barrels and every barrel's unique... They're going to be different. They're going to be different in flavor. That's when you get to, uh, you know, maybe a, a select cask from the distiller. He'll pick one barrel and he'll pour from that. Or he'll blend a bunch of barrels to try to get that flavor profile to stay the same consistency. So it really depends. But um, that's a good one. That's one of my favorites, actually, right from the Highlands. Yeah, yeah and we, we, de- we definitely tell people that are a bourbon drinker that think they don't like scotch, uh, we'll, we'll tell people, start on a... a we shorten it to Glenmo. Um, start on a Glenmorangie 10. It's got a lot of similar flavors that you're going to find in a bourbon. You know, that those honey notes, those uh, the, that little bit of vanilla and that sort of thing. So it's a real easy crossover. Where uh, where are my heathens? I mean, bourbon drinkers. Where are we at? I'm there sorry. we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like you guys, yeah, even yeah, if Bobby yeah. doesn't. Bobby's coming around. I'll get Bobby's got, you have a few bourbons in your house there, pal. I've got a lot now. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to fall in love You're with from Texas, too. I know. You're from Texas. How do you not? How do you, because how once you meet not? a scotch, this anything the first from time. Scotland. Have you ever been to Scotland? It's I have amazing. It. I, I have. It. And let me tell you, you don't want to leave. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm a red, white, and blue American, but Scotland, a little white and blue. I'll stay. <laughs> it's amazing. So that's Glenmorangie 10, guys. So, um, so next up, we're doing uh, Glenlivet, Founders Reserve. That's got the uh, blue and white label on it there. So we're going to do the same thing with this one um, as far as, you know, taking the notes on the nose and uh, all that. Uh, 
if and guys, if you're if you are new to whiskey, if you are new to scotch, and you're not getting any of the stuff we're saying, that's okay. Like if you're like, I don't smell vanilla, I smell hot rubbing alcohol or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Start somewhere. Like Bobby said, try to pick out try to pick out some notes. Start with the nose. Keep it, you know, keep Maybe it you down. like hot rubbing alcohol. Maybe Who you like hot judge? rubbing alcohol. Go for it. You know, some people are into that. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, I don't it, think they are. Listen, man, it's a great point to bring up because there's no shame in it. Everybody, I, I will be the first to admit that when I started out, and I still have trouble picking out notes. And again, something we've talked about before on the show, I struggle picking out notes. But, but there's, but, there's a but couple Scott, things. Scott, I'm not going to interrupt you, but I am. Yeah. Your first scotch My f- was, te- yeah, Ardbeg. My first scotch was Ardbeg. And which is a punch in the face scotch. Yeah. So which, your taste buds are destroyed. That, which, yeah, which is probably part so of the problem. I'm not 100% sure what you're know. even tasting. I don't know. So. It's not smoke. It's, it's just, it's we'll get to that. We'll get but, to that. But the point I wanted to make was that it's, it's okay. Everybody's got, you got to build upon it and, uh, and it don't get discouraged because I was that way. I got discouraged really early when I couldn't pick out the exact notes that everybody else around me was picking out. And there's, there's a true thing that if you're in a crowd and people start Picking out notes, the second they say it, you're going to smell it. So I, I always challenge people to try it on your own and, and try to uh, stay away from everyone else's opinion. Try to form your own. That's the, only way, that's the best way to learn. So let, let, let's go with the next one, thinking about that, guys. Let's go with the Glenlivet. Everybody just take a second with the Glenlivet. Take a second to smell it. Get those notes on the nose. Don't say anything. Make a decision for yourself. Just one thing you smell. Great part about this no wrong answer. No wrong answer at all as to what you smell. This one to me is not quite as strong with the ethanol, so I can get a little closer to my nose. All right, take a second. Think about it. I want to hear from three people. What do you smell? Anybody? Shout it out. You say grass. Somebody say grass. Something else. Mushrooms and wood. What else? There's no wrong answer. You can say paint. I don't care. Paint, very Cookies. good. Cookies. Cookies, okay. Who said mushrooms and grass, or um, mushrooms in the woods? I lo- So we were talking about one of the other shows we did. Sometimes that wet wood smell you when you're in the woods, and there's like you break open an old branch or something. It's got that danky kind of, and you smell it, and it smells good. You're like, I wonder what that would taste like. And your friends go, why would you eat that, you weirdo, right? Well, now we get to, because that's exactly what you're going to get in a space side. And I've, yeah, I'm sorry, but... Um, you could see out in the crowd how much of a disparity, or not disparity, but differences are, right, in opinion. And, and that's great. When we have our tasting, our monthly tastings for the cash chasers, you should hear some of the, the uh, things that are... Swimming pool. Uh, indoor swimming pool. Swimming pool indoor swimming pool came up twice. Delicious. And I yeah. swear to God it tasted like an indoor swimming pool. But think not about- until he said it. Not until he said it. But if you could have tasted that whiskey... If you could have tasted that whiskey the second they it said it. It like swimming pool. It was an indoor swimming We're not going to tell you which one it was, but it's in this lineup. No, wait, no, no. So, so that's the thing. Always take a moment for yourself. Try to figure out what you smell, what you taste, that sort of thing. Think about it. And then talk to other people. Look at look up look up reviews online. Look at YouTube videos. Oh, they tasted apple in this. I don't taste apple. Maybe now I do, and that sort of thing. Oh, you guys are tasting apple now. I see it. Do we have any Sherry fans out there? Sherry? Sherry, not the song. Wait, <laughs> thank you. All right, so, so on, a, on, can can we all at least agree that this one smells different than the other one? Oh, 
Yeah, so. yeah, this one smells different than the other one. Who, who can't tell? Who can't tell the difference? It's okay if you can't tell the difference. All right, so let's go ahead and taste. Again, just coat your tongue. I know some of you have already tasted. We're going to go through the rest of them more quickly. What do you get, Bobby? So I get sherry. Even though it's not sherry finished. Right. You know what I mean? I get a lot, well, not boldly, but um, I get a lot of sherry, which means I get the grass. I get the uh, woody, wet smell kind of flavor. Sure. Is that I'm wrong? Getting, is that wrong? There's, there is no wrong. Is there that, is no wrong. Is what, <laughs> on this one, I get more distinct fruits than I got on the previous one. Maybe a pear, maybe an apple, stuff that's like almost like a like fruit salad-y type taste without having that like heavy syrup in it. That's sort of what I think about when I get and, this one. And I, I, I'll just build on that because the finish for me is uh, there's, there's a little bit of like a toffee, but the creaminess, mm -hmm. right? There's a creaminess to it that is... Kind of, it's unique to what we, uh, the five that we have on the table here. Uh, and the smooth, doesn't last extremely long, but it's just one of the, it's the smoothest finish we have on the table, I think, I feel. I think it's a short finish. Right. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Short, right? Yeah. Not, not very, not very complex. Doesn't linger with you. Not a bad whiskey, an inexpensive whiskey. We're not going to talk about price points here because it varies wherever you go and who you know and whatever. But that's probably one of the most inexpensive ones you can grab. Easy. And your scotches can range. I mean, a $60 scotch isn't decently inexpensive scotch. So unlike bourbon, a $60 bourbon, that's a pretty good bourbon, right, if you're a bourbon drinker. But that's a pretty decent one right there. So uh, if you're looking for something cheap to have on your shelf, that's a good one, in my opinion. Anything else on the Glenlivet, you, you guys? Move on to the, the Akintosh. The, the first legal distillery in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, first legal distillery in Scotland. Actually stayed open during the Great Depression. Um, is another fun fact about that distillery. So that's Glenlivet. On to the Akintoshin, Akintoshin. I say Akintoshin, I've heard Akintoshin. So let's go ahead and nose this guy. That sounds dirty. <laughs> I was waiting for it. So oh, like, you. How clean is this going to sound? Oh, you. So this one on the nose, the, uh, the Akintoshin, I don't, I don't get as much on the nose with this one as I got on the uh, Glenlivet. How about you guys? I don't, but this is, a, this is an interesting one. So I want to play a game with everybody. I'm going to take this hostage for two seconds. So I want you guys to do, a do me a favor. It's going to seem like I'm asking you to waste. I'm not. If, if you haven't, if you've drank it all, it's okay. If you haven't, lean into your neighbor and borrow theirs. Who's still <laughs> got some in their glass? Anyone? The Akintoshin. Anybody Anyone have any, have any, any in their glass? With? Any Akintoshin? You people sick of oh, me. Okay. No, I'm kidding. We'll do it on the next one. When we get to the next whiskey, don't drink right away. I want to show you guys. All right, so really on cool. the nose for the Akintoshin. Oh, you're you're, you're still pouring the Akintoshin. All right. So oh, okay. Let's, let's vamp install then. Oh, yeah. right, uh, one thing. One thing I do want to I do want to bring up uh, for the so the first one we tried Glenlivet ten year old. Second one we call we tried was um, was the no I'm sorry Glenmorangie ten year old was the first Glenlivet Founders Reserve was the second. This one is Akintoshin American Oak. The second two, no number associated with them. Okay? Non-age statement. So that's a non-age statement. Who uh, thinks their whiskey has to have an age statement to be a good whiskey? I don't. I don't. No. Good uh, job. Oh, no okay. one, no. <laughs> let the uh, record show that no one raised their hand. Because that's right. That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> so what an age statement is on a whiskey, you'll see like the Glenmorangie we tried that has a, um, that says Glenmorangie 10 years. That means that A, Glenmorangie, everything is only coming from the Glenmorangie distillery. Um, it makes it a single malt. 10 years means that it was aged for 10 years in a barrel. Now, that means that is the youngest whiskey that is in there. Oh. 
they can pull a 15-year off the shelf, a 25-year off the shelf, and blend that all together to make this uh, cohesive product that's going to taste like the way Glenmore and G10 has tasted for the past 15, 20, 30, 40 years. So anytime you see an age statement on there, it doesn't necessarily mean all the whiskey in there is that age. It means that is the youngest whiskey in there. So if you see uh, something that's uh, like a, a Glenmore G 25 year, 25 years is the youngest whiskey that it's in there. Dana, so, Dana, has everybody poured? Does everybody have some in their glass? All right. This is an interesting whiskey. American oak, scotch, right? I want to do some sacrilegious stuff real quick, but trust me, it's going to go somewhere. I want you to take a little bit of your whiskey. Hold it up for me, everyone. Yeah, look at them all doing it, because I told them to. I want you to take a little bit. I want you to pour a dime-sized drop in your hand. Or smaller. Or smaller. I want you to rub that together. Let the ethanol kind of go away a little bit, and then smell that. Now, <laughs> now taste your whiskey. Now once everybody together. needs a refill. There's a lot of depth, right? Who said, wow, that... That's good aftershave. So your, so your distillers, your master distillers and master tasters, even though master distiller isn't really a word, but anyway, um, that's one of the tricks they use. And if you go on some tours, especially Buffalo, Buffalo Trace, you'll see them do it there a lot. It's a good way to pull out the ethanol and focus on the actual notes. So here we have the American oak. So now you smell that, you grab that oak, which is obviously what the distiller was looking for. Taste it now different flavor profile, a little more depth, and maybe a little longevity. So there's more than one way to drink a whiskey. So yeah, I, if, you're, if you're nosing your whiskey, if you're smelling your whiskey, and it's really just hot, it's hitting you in the face, you can't get any notes, dump a little bit in your hand, rub it, and then you'll, fee you'll, you'll be able to pick out on some of, those, some of those notes on the nose. Some people are bathing in it. That's, I, that's, that's not what it's for. I love looking out to the sea of people sniffing their hands out here. It's like, what <laughs> is going on? It's not on? even a thing. <laughs> it's what not that we happening? totally made it up, guys. Yeah. No, yeah. we didn't. So anyway, on the nose on this one, I do get a lot of that wood, that oak, um, even a little maybe, dare I say, coconut? Anybody? Anybody smelling that? We're just telling that. them what to smell at this point. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. Okay. All right. Go ahead and taste it. Shout it out. Shout oh, he's out giving your it cheating, cheating. Don't notes. let that I didn't, dictate. I didn't know that we had cheating. There's something notes. on the board that's There's telling nothing. them what they're supposed to taste, and that's <laughs> not. Take it away. You yeah, taste don't. what you taste. Except so for, when you taste you, it, sir, and you, again, you when I taste it, I just sort of coat my tongue with it a little bit. Um, a lot of the same things on the nose. Do you guys get anything on the nose that's a lot different than what you're smelling? Did you say moldy, moldy oranges and old potpourri? Old potpourri is, is uh, it's like potpourri? my grandmother's yeah, house. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's unique. I like that. Uh, I like that one? too. I'll tell you this. So some of the best ways to taste whiskey, or some of the best people I've been around that have tasted whiskey... Um, and I find, my personal opinion, I love listening to women talk about whiskey. For some reason, men, I, I, and there's science behind this, it's not me being, men are really quick, oak, moldy biscuits, or whatever he said. <laughs> women will take you on a journey. This reminds me of horseback riding through the Appalachian Mountains, and it, this is deep, and you're sitting there holding your whiskey going, You yeah. just described a whiskey to me like that yesterday. Well, I listened to my wife, <laughs> she's amazing. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. I've never been horseback riding in the Appalachian Mountains. So, all right. Yes. How about to finish on this one, guys? Not I get a yet. lot more. Honestly, I get a lot more of that oak. I guess that American oak, oak and vanilla. That yeah. oak's going to be strong um, yeah. in a good way. That's why I wanted them to smell it and really get that. Yeah, that's rich. Somebody said medicine. Does it? Yeah, medicinal. So, and that's something that a lot of people pick out of that pick is, out of whiskeys is they'll they'll pick like a medicinal type thing. Yeah. Like, Some of them even numb your tongue a little bit. Like not even Walgreens brand, like the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like the nine dollar bottle. That's what we're looking for. I mean, it smells like when you go into like one of those. Uh, I don't want to say like a cedar closet, right? Like you go into that that, that oh, fresh okay. wood cedar closet type thing. You cedar closet or a cedar chest. Yeah. Anything yeah. made of cedar, really. Right. A cedar plate. At your grandmom's house. I'm yeah. very, I'm very a excited about cedar, this. A cedar, cedar chest at Bobby's grandmom's house is what, is what we're, we're smelling, what we're tasting there. Yeah. Let's, All right. Can I, can do, we I ha- a, do we have the next one poured yet? Is that being poured? Dana. So we're killing time. That's cool. Let me <laughs> tell you what. I, our pours are pouring. First off, this is so new to us because we're outside of the studio. We're on a stage. I mean, I can't put the mic in the stand. I feel like I have to just, I'm ready for a solo. Do, do whatever you want. You want to sing? I'm not singing. but sing a little bit? So, ah. so normally, normally what's happening right now is we're talking, right? Scott has his headphones. We all have headphones on. Scott's playing with buttons, giving us cues and everything. We're totally ignoring him. And we're just talking about what we're talking about. And then he says, the show's over. I don't know why you're still talking. So that's <laughs> st- normally what happens. I stopped recording like 20 minutes ago, man. I don't we know We still want to talk. Yeah. I love it, though. I love it. And the kilts. I mean, we can't, we can't go on much Who wore further. a kilt tonight? Who, who wore a kilt tonight? Oh, there there's we go. so many. So, again, there's listeners that aren't going to be here, so I just want to kind of paint the picture for them. There's probably ten to 20,000 people here. It's a packed At stadium, least. guys. I and At I least. just want you to... I mean, right. Let's hear them. Everybody, all 10,000 of you. We only like, have the first row. Half Mike. of them were so, in the bathroom. I that think. was right. Yeah. That was fun. Can we do that again? <laughs> One more time. All ten thousand people. It's like Bon Jovi when he's at living on a prayer. That's three. That's three whiskeys deep. That's what that is. That's right. Yeah. Oh, God, when we get to the singing. last whiskey and we're all really uh, where we're supposed to be at, <laughs> that's when I'll do that it. That tasting got off the rails quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also I should have told you this at the beginning. You have bread, so you know you can walk yeah. out of here. <laughs> So, is this your first time wearing a kilt? It's my second time wearing a kilt. Second time. Second time. How about you? Untraditionally, Aaron. This, this is my first time wearing a kilt outside my house. Outside. <laughs> it's, it's Aaron's. My wife is in the back. You guys can talk to her about previous times. Hey, that I've worn hey, a kilt. hey. quick DJs. shout out to Christina at the at the merch table. <laughs> Hey, yeah, can, this, but while we're pouring, guys, can we give a hand uh, for all the ladies and and gentlemen that are helping out pouring you whiskey? Which is amazing. And that set this up. Look how awesome this is. While we're pouring, I want to do one more thing out of nowhere. Jared. See the guy over there? Raise Jared. your hand, Jared. Raise your hand, Jared. This beautiful building, State <laughs> Theater. That's Jared right there. That's the guy that did it. We're never invited back because we brought a bunch of drunks in here. But this has been fun. And we just <laughs> they weren't drunk when we brought them in. Did that to yourself. This was this was exactly his vision when he said, "I want to open a theater." <laughs> I think I think the first show I want in there is drunk people. I think that's what I want. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. All right. D- does everybody have their next one? Does everybody have their Hazelburn? Raise your glass no? if your glass is full. That sounds like the beginning of a I th- good toast. I think do it the other way. Raise your glass if your glass is not full. That way we know to come get you. Yeah, but some people cheat because they All want right. more. 
All right, so we got a couple people still need pours. Dana's coming around. Where are we headed next? Ne- next, we're heading to Campbelltown with Hazelburn. A very underrated, underrated. You want to talk about Hazelburn a little bit, Scott? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the uh, interesting about Campbellton is that Campbellton back in the day was the most densely populated area in Scotland for distilleries. And it wasn't until, I guess, Prohibition, the Great Depression, that era, where they saw this, this change and distilleries were more focused on quantity than quality. And that really was the demise of the Campbellton region where these distilleries just could not keep up. The depression was going on. Uh, the, the, the exports were not as, as fast and, and as robust as they were. And a lot of these places that were just focused on quantity had to shut down. Now we're left with three. And, and that's it. That's so, all there is. Also, remember this. Back in the day, the, uh, the Brits were taxing everybody, taxing them to death, especially the whiskey. So, taxing them. So, if you're in Campbellton, right, or the lowlands, you can't hide. You're not like the Highlanders where you're up in the mountains or the glens getting away from everything, moonshining. So, they really took a beating from the uh, government shutting them down. And, um, I luckily, thought you weren't going to talk about the politics tonight. I want to get on a soapbox real quick. <laughs> I mean, you said, ladies tax, and gentlemen, you said taxation with such ferocity. I meant every word of it. I, I noticed. Well, the but, people in the audience were raw rawing, and they got me all pumped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it, it is quite amazing, though, when you think about it, to go from a region to go from the most populated region for distilleries from 30 or so down to just three today. Um, it, it's really telling. And it's a shame because when you look at the region and, what, and where we're at on the map, there's so much good things happening down there, especially when you go next door to Islay, right? Yep. Uh, but now we're down to three. So we have the Glen Scotia, the Glengyle, and what we have here tonight, the Springbank. Now, Springbank makes a few different whiskeys. So although Springbank's not on the name, it's one of their, their distiller or their whiskeys that they produce. So um, let's, let's smell this bad boy. So the Springbank Hazelburn that we're smelling right now, again, a 10-year-old, so that means 10 years is what? The, the oldest whiskey that's in it? The youngest, right. Ten, 10 years old is the youngest whiskey that's in it. I haven't had this one, so I'm excited about it. I can't even think what that taste is. It's amazing, though. I'm not getting you know, a lot on the nose. Some so people don't like it. I love it. Who's, who doesn't like peat? No smoke, peat, light, fresh, easy. All right, okay. If you're not a peat, we're getting into the I'm world lying. of peat now. We're getting in some bold. That's what this flavor is. Yeah. But very briny, watery. Yeah. You know, ocean, I mean, by watery. If you, right? uh, I'm going to go back to the map because that's a great point. Look where we're at. Look where we're at in Scotland. We're not even highlighted. Here we go. Look where we're at in Scotland. We're all the way down there. We're, 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 we're on the island, or we're coming off to the uh, bottom there. And we're in this, uh, this fishing town, this on-the-water maritime. And now the, uh, now the brininess comes into play. This area is constantly, constantly soaked. All right? And the surrounding areas uh, are completely bogged down more often than not. And you start to taste and smell that influence in the whiskey. Right? They're sourcing their water, they're sourcing their grain locally. So you're tasting that, that, like he said, like Scott said, you're tasting that watered, logged, 
debris that they're using to um, to to dry out their grain. You're tasting the water they're collecting that's just wet and and, and yeah. I don't know. What, and it's all it's word? bogged down. I mean, it's Bog. just, it's There's bogged down, right? But this is the beauty, and this is why taking taking a trip around in one uh, in one sitting is fun because you can start to taste the influence of the areas, and you can really. Uh, get a feel for what goes into the process of making the whiskey by smelling it and understanding the region. And um, I, I think that's really important. I, I think that's really important to highlight because a lot so, of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the distillation and process is based on the resources available in that area. So somebody earlier on said um, that they tasted grass. I disagreed with you at that point on the whiskey we were tasting. This one I taste you were totally grass. Wrong. I taste some sort of grass, leafy something going on in this one. Anybody else taste something a little herbal, a little leafy, a little nobody? Where's, where's my nobody. medicine fan? Who said medicine before? You're not getting medicine out of this. I am, like in a good way. Gasoline. Gasoline. We got Always a gasoline. what you want to smell. Hey, it's not for smell everybody. Smell and taste in your, uh, I love in your whiskey. <laughs> I respect that. I respect the gasoline. Look, I'm making myself an infinity glass here, guys. My own blend to go with whatever you're pouring out. Hey, I just want to point out, too, I've I've maybe two people I've poured whiskey into the... Uh, so, bravo. Give yourself a round of applause for drinking everything that was put in that glass <laughs> that flew all the way over here from Scotland and not wasting a drop of it. I can't wait for them to clean these uh, carpets. Other carpets? There's, no, There's carpets. no carpets. There's no carpets. Where are we next, Aaron? Our, our next one is going to be Isla, and that's the Laphroaig 10-year. I think we're just starting to pour that one. Um, so Isla, um, as we're, as we're pouring this Laphroaig guys, where Isla, Isla is going to be where you get your peated flavors, your smoky flavors. A lot of people talk about sitting around a fire and that sort of I thing. I see my scotch drinkers out there nodding. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of you guys are like, oh, yeah, this is what I've been waiting scotch. for. And then some people are like, what is he up. talking about? Business so, just uh, picked up. So here's, here's a, here's a fun, quick story about, uh, Laphroaig specifically. So Laphroaig is, um, again, it's going to be very peaty, very smoky. The first time I ever tasted Laphroaig, I, I thought it tasted the way um, a campfire smells. All right. So this one that you guys are getting poured out to you right now, it's going to be really, really smoky, really peaty. It's going to be from Isla. Do we have Isla circled? Yeah, okay. So Isla is its very own island and its very own region. And that's that's for good reason. Some of your some of your uh, some of your distilleries on Isla are going to be what? What do we got? Lafroig, Ardbeg, Lagavulin, Lagavulin, Koala, Lagavulin, Koala. Oh yeah, that's a great one. One of my mm -hmm. favorites. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this, the finish is what. So I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not a Pete fan because I am. But I'm from time to time with Pete, like every now and again, like uh, like birthday cake. I can't. Who am I kidding? I'll eat birthday cake every day. That's a bad example. Yeah. I'm a every now and again, uh, Pete fan. What I do like about a Pete whiskey is the finish. Oh yeah. Um, I like the way it. Like he said, campfire. To me, it's when you put a campfire out, mm. or that next day in the yeah. morning when the yeah, rain like or whatever has put it out. That that kind of wet old campfire which is awesome right oh it's yeah that's how that finishes for me here you know why the reason i always uh, find myself going back to the islands is just that they i just love how unique they are and it 
even though that the smoke can be overwhelming at times, there is a difference, and I can I can distinctly taste the difference between the different islas and the the amount of peat and the, the I love the lingering finish. I, I I'm I'm not much of a fan of a whiskey that just kind of disappears. I want to enjoy it longer, right? I want to enjoy it longer. I want to be able to kind of sit there and think about it. And the uh, the islas are a perfect example of one that can do that. Real quick, guys, who still needs Lafroy? Who still needs the last whiskey? Only a couple? Okay. Well, that's heartbreaking. That you That's right. Give these people whiskey. That's right. We got two or three more still need to Lafroy. They're coming Get around boring. We've got four or seven and shame more. Shame on whoever didn't take We've that got, opportunity. Why are to get they more growing? Whiskey. Why are there more people saying they don't have it? Everybody should have. I never right. got any that's right. from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning, no one gave me any. No one gave me any whiskey at all. I was supposed to get a bottle. All right. So, so our last our last one tonight, Lafroy. I know. I know a couple of you still have to um, haven't gotten it poured. What's that smell like, guys? You smell that smoke on there? Soot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, so that's the peat. The peat bogs that they have there, that's going to be a, a similar... A, <laughs> I've got some people shaking their head. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's bold. What it's, is it? Band-Aid. I thought you said pancakes? I was I, like, no way. So someone said Band-Aids, which is awesome. That's common. That's a very common... I guess nomenclature would be the. You'll hear band-aids a lot. That's, that's not that's, the right word at all. It is the word. I just, <laughs> did I make up a word? Nomenclature is a word. I just I just forgot which hand my whiskey was in. I sniffed my microphone. I'm just gonna let you know. That's right. So yeah, don't sniff your microphone. <laughs> so okay. First a first aid, aid kit. kit. Okay. All right, so oh, this wow. is, this actually is one that people get that medicinal smell, wait, wait, that wait, medicinal wait, wait. taste. Wait, what? From. I want to hear was that it? one. Oh, what was that? I see somebody rubbing it in their hands. Wet, melons? wet, wet melons. Wood pellets. Oh, wood pellets. Wood pellets, yeah. Here, here's so, the, so everybody's getting these smoky smells, these fireplace smells and that sort of thing. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> New whiskey people are going to listen to this podcast and go, I'm never going to drink any Ever. in my life. I thought he said wet melons. <laughs> Wait, did you wet. say wet melons? No, no, he said wood, wood pellets. Wood pellets. Wood pellets. So I hope, I hope everybody goes to iTunes or Stitcher, whatever you download for the podcast, and listen, how we started off like... Ladies and gentlemen, very calm and quaint, and, and now listen to us. You're drunken heathens, and you're, <laughs> you're talking about wet melons, and we've just gone off rail. Yeah. Listen, this, was, this is a great whiskey. This is probably one worth grabbing if you're into it. If not, you know. All right, so if you, if you haven't tasted it, taste it. What does it taste like to you guys? What, what does the Laphroaig taste like? Campfire, campfire on, the, on beach. the beach. So I love descriptions. So what? What is it? Iodine. Iodine. Yes. Do you, Do you drink whiskey on a regular basis? Oh, he does. He's you a, drink. I think he does. All right. Hey, so, hey, sir, sir, you're on the show now. That's right. Yeah. You're on the show. Actually, We're everybody's on the Scott. show. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So iodine. People are going to taste uh, some of that briny Can stuff. Aaron, can I get real nerdy real quick? Think about how cool this is. That guy likes it. Think about how cool this is. What you're tasting is 10 years later from when they, maybe even longer, from when they dried the grain with peat. That's what you're tasting. Not the process of the water. Not You're tasting the dried grain. That's how deep those flavors go and, that hang on. And think about how early in the process 
the, the, that, that peat gets introduced, right? It's to dry the malt. And to think that that smokiness survives through that entire distillation process, 10 years of maturation, maturating. And, uh, <laughs> Which is a word. <laughs> Which is a word. It's amazing. It, it's, that's amazing that it, it, it prolongs through that entire process. And, and I'm going to go back a few times. I want you to look at some of these bottles. You'll see some, the way they're, the pot stills. Some of them are triple distilled. So afterwards, and I'm not going to go into it now. We should have done it before. Um, I, th- I believe the yeah, I believe the uh, I believe the Lowland and the uh, Campbellton is they're triple distilled. Yep, which is little, common which to is, which is an Irish method, yep. right? Smoother, creamier, a little. Uh, all the stuff has been kind of taken out. The the bad stuff quotation marks. We get to this Lafroy. That thing is powerful. So I love it. All right, real quick, who? Who among you, this last one was your favorite? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. I want to do, so that's. Uh, who, I love it. Half the half the room. Love it. Okay, guys. Which one of these? This was no your least favorite. We gotta. We gotta. Which one of you that. really didn't like this one? Only only like two. That's wow. crazy. So so these these peated whiskeys, these smoky whiskeys, are usually very polarizing. We People got, either got, love it or they hate it. Oh, if you oh, drink it first. So, so yeah, that's a great point. So yep, great so, point, man. That was a great point. So we ordered, and if you're listening, you'll notice. And by the by, the drunken sound in the background, we drank these pretty fast, right? Which is by design because we're trying to have fun, right? And we're having a good time. And also, our producer here likes it to keep us on the clock. But we drink these in a specific order on purpose. Sometimes we do it by ABV. Sometimes we do it by potentness. Potentness. How potent something is? Potent. Oh, there it is. Potency. I made up a word. A Bobby Bird word. Potentness. Just about every episode, Bobby makes up a word. At we least have one. a running Bobby dictionary. So he made a good point. Be careful tasting a whiskey for the first time and saying, I hate it and I'll never drink it again. Because what you ate that day, what you drank that day, if you had a cold, if you didn't have a cold, your mood, all changes. I've had whiskeys that were amazing amazing then i drank it again couldn't stand the whiskey so be very so always come back to it that's how they get you the first one's free so always come back to it try it again if you decide that you don't like pete try it again maybe you will in the future maybe you won't i mean how many times in the studio have we sat down and said oh we were we were just snacking on pretzels or something right and oh it happens and it's and we kind of go into it knowing what to expect from that whiskey uh, and then it's completely different. It's that, that's why you're eating bread, too. It's not because we're being cheap, because we're not. Um, that's all we, we could afford. We, don't want it, we didn't want to taint your palate. That's the honest truth. We wanted you to be able to taste the whiskey. Um, but we also are cheap. Yeah, as pointed out, we are cheap, too. But that's cool. All right. I guess, I guess at this point, we want to start sort of wrapping up the formal tasting bit, the formal podcast bit. This yeah. is your time. We're going to do some Q&A. Well, we got a microphone. That microphone's for you. We want to hear your questions. Please make them easy because we're drunk. So, well, Scott's drunk. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> sir, state your name. Yes, I'm Jim Ring. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. And always say, and always say, first time caller or no, what, first long time, first time listener, call, <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. You first have time. To go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Jim Ring Sager, first time, long time local celebrity. Thank you. Two questions, actually, into one. Number one is you're, you're tasting. I noticed a couple things lacking because you're a horrible person. Um, uh, what is your stance on water 
when you're tasting on like a God second half, you. like you taste it regular on your palate and then adding water and then tasting it again, smelling it again, same way. And uh, uh, nosing, uh, different nostrils. I, like my right nostril is astringent, left nostril sweet. And I nose both sides. That's what a glaring care and glass is for. And that's what I use it for. Do you guys find that same effect? That's my favorite question. Two questions so far of the night. <laughs> of, of all the questions tonight, those first two were the best. So, so what, he asked, what he asked for those that didn't hear, A, what's our stance on putting water? And I want to, if I can, uh, we'll all start, I'm going to start with that because I have, I have yeah, my opinions. Do it. And then we'll, we'll get into the nosing portion, which I like too. So first off, most people in Scotland put water in their whiskey. I genuinely, genuine, genuinely, genuinely, no, generally, Gen generally, oh boy. That's the Bobby talking. generally, I normally, there we go, there you go, synonyms, put water in my whiskey. Why? Because there's a chemical effect that happens when you drop water with oily substances, which is what whiskey is. It actually opens the whiskey up and allows more flavors. Now, in a tasting, I always start neat, and then I add water later. I add clean water too. I try to add, if I can, something without mineral or any of the flavorings in it because it will open it up. Too much water will kill it. Now, when your distiller took it out of the barrel, if it's not barrel-proof, high ABV, they're going to cut it with water. So what you're really trying to do is bring it to a consistency or a flavor or a palate that, that works for you. I typically don't put water in anything at 40 ABV. That's not to say you can't. I just find it kills it a little bit, but that's my opinion. Ice, a chip of ice or a little bit of ice will actually do the same thing. Although there's science that shows that changing the temperature of the whiskey will hurt it. But that doesn't mean a, a slow release of water, which is what ice is, won't make it a little bit better. That's my opinion. I, uh, I, I completely agree. And, and I read an interesting article. Anything you're about to say is wrong. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. And I read an interesting article a while ago. What would you say? I thought you did. You sir, sir, excuse me. <laughs> no, he's rambling. Keep rambling. I'm used to getting interrupted by Bobby. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. That's right. <laughs> iTunes. That's right. If you guys want to know anything we're saying tonight, you got to go back and listen to the podcast. That's so. right. Uh, I read an interesting article a while ago that tried to describe the effect water has on a whiskey. And it said that the tasting notes in a whiskey, if you can imagine almost like a lollipop uh, type uh, shape. Yeah. Right? And the, the, the flavor notes inside of a whiskey are like that lollipop flavor, but they're all bouncing around. When you drop a, uh, a drop of water in there, imagine all of those lollipops, right, kind of lining up. And then you drink it, and that, that flavor that hits your tongue all at once... The whole profile changes, and it's amazing. The last thing I'll say about water, if you want to taste, if you want to truly taste the effect of water in a whiskey, get the Abelor Abunad. That'll because change you. I've, I haven't tasted a whiskey Abelor. that's changed more from a drop of water, personally, my personal opinion, than that one. So his second question was about nosing, and then we have other questions we'll get to. Um, you have different, any biologists or doctors in the room? Is there a doctor in the house? I'm, I'm a I'm I've a never been able to say that before. You do have sick. different O factors, I guess is what they're called. Am I saying yeah. that? Sure. That guy, she pointed to him. Yeah, Olfactory. Sure. Fine. You have different elements in your nose 
different parts of your nose, different way you're smelling, mouth open, mouth closed, how you're taking in, how far you are away from the glass. So absolutely, which nostril you use, how, you, how deep you go into the glass, how far away you are from the glass, you'll pick up different notes. It's no different than when you walk in the house and your wife says, or husband says, do you smell something burning? And you start to search for it. Nothing's burning because she's wrong. But you search... You, str- you search. <laughs> toast. Yeah, you'd search for it, and you smell at different levels. You know what? You, that's the best way I can explain it. That's how you should be smelling your whiskey. You're when we say you're searching for a flavor or searching for a smell. That's literally what we mean. You're searching, and you're going to use different factors to do that. So that hopefully answered that question. He said, "Perfect. Thank you. We're amazing." And all he's, right. At the Next end of the question. Day, that's all, we're all hey, we're, we're gonna we're gonna let Scott drive this part for a little while because you and I ramble. So, sir. Next question. So, um, you mentioned how a ten-year-old is a young whiskey. So, how do how what would you tell people here about the ages of whiskey and why you would select an older whiskey, one in the cask longer, different kind of cask? cast different kind of strength, so on and so forth. Well, how does that impact the way in which you experience the whiskey? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I'll, I'll, Bobby Bird. I'll say I didn't so hear we're it. we're we're going to let Scott tell us which one of us should answer the questions because all three of us ramble. Scott, which one of us do you want to address that question? Well, I feel like I I know that Bobby has a lot of uh, uh, interest in in casks. And influence what, on cast in general. What was, I, I, un, unfortunately, I didn't hear. What was the question? <laughs> did you really not hear it? No. He, age, no, I did hear it. Age and cast. Um, I, so this is a popular slash unpopular opinion. And it's my opinion, and everyone has their own, and you're allowed to it. I don't look too deep into age. Um, I hate using the word over-oaked, but sometimes whiskey can be in an... A sweet spot for a scotch, for me, is 12 to 18 years. That's about the right amount of time, for me. Now, I've had Highland Park 25-year, for example, is a mind-blowing. But then I've had 25-year whiskeys that are awful, and all I taste is oak. Sometimes, you got to remember, the distiller, is hand, the distiller and his team are hand-picking these barrels, the staves of the barrel, right? The grain, the product, and the ingredients. Age really doesn't mean a lot. It's about how well the barrel was picked, how well the ingredients were sourced, and where the water and all those things came from. There are whiskeys out there that are old, that are 20 years old, that can't stand up to a 12-year-old. So be very careful with just picking something because of its age. Cast strength, I adore cast strength, because I feel like from a cast strength, you're getting what the distiller put in. Your grandmother's making a pot of sauce for spaghetti, or whatever you may call it, depending where you're from, tasting it right from the pot before it's put on the pasta or whatever, put, tasting it right for the pot before it was cut, there's something deep about that to me. And then going with water or whatever to cut it, that's my preference, higher ABV. That being said, there are a lot of distillers out there that do a really good job uh, cutting the water for us, cutting the whiskey for us with water. So it depends on your taste, to be honest with you. My wife and I were in Scotland. Oh. We went to Glen Ord. Hold on so which, which Hold part on of the, Hold the on Scotland would that be? Some distillers will give you their best age True. for that whiskey. Yeah. So they'll say, yes, we sell you 10, 
and we'll send you 15, but the 12 is the most mature. That's absolutely, true. absolutely. Okay, That's a good and point. What was your question? Sorry, go ahead. A Glenn Ward. Distillery. Yes. I've been there, but I don't remember which province or which section of Scotland. I believe it would have been a Highland whiskey. What is it? Distillery okay. Glen Ord. Okay. The Glen Ord. Glen who? Glen Ord. Spell it. O R D. Glen Ord. <laughs> which, which area that was in? Oh, it's a Spain. Which area Island. is the Glen Ord from? That's a, that's a singleton, right? Is that a lowland? Well, we're getting our fact checkers going, and uh, they'll get back to us. We'll so come that, back to so you. So that, that's going to be a, an offshoot of singleton, which is in Dufftown, which is actually Speyside. Yep. It can be classified as Speyside or Highland. You're going to find a lot of your glens or Highland or Spey. Awesome All right. question. Anybody else have a question? More questions? Let's take about Personal two more life. questions if we got them. My favorite color. There we go. So, question. Peace, brother. Peace, brother. The distillers over in Scotland, do they try to use the same grains from the same regions and farmers to have consistency? Or do they try to find the best grains that year to make a variety of different whiskeys yeah Aaron. so it it all de it, it really all depends i mean some what they're striving for is consistency at the end of the day when they're making these whiskeys that's why they're sometimes using dyes that's why they're sometimes so your your different grains ultimately they want to use the same grains and that sort of thing so they're they're yeasts and, the, and, and basically everything they try to source from the same places most of the time Sometimes they, sometimes they have their own. So um, Jim Murray, when he took over um, uh, Bush Laddie, he act, they, Bush Laddie actually has their own, and so does McAllen, their own grain source, their own farmer, their own team that does it. But to what Aaron's saying, it's that consistency piece they're looking for, unless they're trying something different outside of that. So sometimes, yes, they get it from the same farmer, same area, and sometimes they get it from their own. All right, that's about all the time we have, guys. Um, Check us out on yep. Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Uh, do a search for the Cast Chasers podcast on um, anywhere that you listen to a podcast. Come talk to us afterwards, too. <laughs> Who had a good time? Who had a good time? Listen, we want to thank everybody for coming out. First live podcast for the Cast Chasers podcast. Thank you. Thank you to the, cat, to the crew here at the State Theater. Uh, it, and thank you to the town of Haverhill Grace, Maryland, for always being gracious hosts. You've been great. All right? You've been great. So, if you haven't done so already, make sure you check us out. iTunes, SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, find us Cash Chasers Podcast. And uh, that's it. So, for the Cash Chasers Podcast, we're coming to you live from the State Theater in Haverhill Grace, Maryland. We hope you guys had a great time. Thank you out there. We love uh, you, Haverhill Grace. Good night. Good night.